to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Welcome to the Central Connecticut Intergroup Speaker Meeting. My name is Glenn and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Alcoholics Anonymous Preamble. <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. <sighs> the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. I've asked Peter to read how it works. My name is Peter, alcoholic. Hi, Peter. This is how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to a simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They're not at fault. They seem to be born that way. They're naturally incapable of grasping, developing, and manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. To those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover and have a capacity to be honest. Our stories disclosed in a general way what these be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you decide you want what we have or are willing to go to analyze to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. As some of you walked, we thought we could find an easier soft way. We could not. With all the nurses at our command, we beg you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas. The result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember we did with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. Well, it helped us too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures fail us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked protection care for complete abandon. Here are steps we took with our suggestions as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerful for alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that our power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made us turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made us search again and fear us more inventory of ourselves. Five, made to God to ourselves another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God with all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made us of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to just people wherever possible except when to do so or injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong and promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice the principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, What an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like a perfect adherence to principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles of the down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three important ideas. A, that our alcohol cannot manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could leave our alcoholism. And C, that God couldn't would if he were sought. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Peter. And if you'd please uh, help me welcome our speaker, Claire. Hi, my name is Claire and I am an alcoholic. Hi, Claire. Hi, Claire. Um, so I never really know what to say in these situations, and this is quite interesting, this is a very small group of people and we're all sitting around with these microphones 
and uh, it's just, I don't know, I'm, first thing that comes to mind right now is at the beginning of this, someone made a joke and it just, we are not a glum lot as we trudge the path to happy destination or something along those lines. And that's one thing I found being an Alcoholics Anonymous and, in, and working the program is that I laugh more today, a true, genuine happiness than, than ever before. And that is probably the most freeing thing that has happened. Um, I mean, a little bit of my story, I'll tell you what it was like, what happened and how it is now. Uh, let's see, I had 17 years sober on May 1st. <laughs> they looked like they were gonna clap and then they did. Um, I obviously am not from this country and I was born and raised overseas. And I, from a long line of alcoholics, we are very proud in our lineage that way. That sarcasm, I'm sorry, I'm just like, I get nervous and I need to take a break and I need to just, you know, take breath, find out where I'm going and just talk because that's something I couldn't do before Alcoholics Anonymous and when I was drinking. My world was really, really dark pitch black and I was like shut in a cage and I couldn't see and all that mattered was having a drink or sleeping as long as having a drink as long as I couldn't feel think about anything that was going on in my life that's what I wanted obliteration and I can remember that from a very young age uh, alcohol was always present in my house growing up. Um, my mother used to like getting me drunk when I was two because it was funny. So to kind of give you the idea of what it was like, there was always alcohol. I used to drink with her on the weekends when I was 10 years old. Um, I was going into pubs when I was 14, uh, buying alcohol when I was that age too at the um, off license. Sorry, I'm trying to think of four different words went through my head and four different brain and a lot of it was the first time I can actually really remember getting drunk like consciously getting drunk because I'd been drunk many times beforehand it was like I had taken off this shell of nothingness and I had become a real person and, and they and they talk about this in the, in the big book about how you become bigger better smarter wonderful and just grew into myself and I wanted to do that all the time and I did and there's no like oh we used to wait no I drank all the time from a very young age and I mean I'd go through periods of not drinking but you know it didn't matter it always always find a way and I drank when I drank I couldn't stop it didn't mean I couldn't stop that day. I mean, I might, I'd drink and then I, you know, I wouldn't black out that day, but the next day I would drink a little bit extra and then I couldn't remember. To the point when I was drinking, I blacked out every single time. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but it's not normal to go and vomit so you can drink more. Um, but that's what I would do because I couldn't physically take any more in. And uh, when I wasn't, under the influence, I was thinking about it. And along with that, I didn't want to see where I was. I didn't want to see my life. 
I grew up in a very uh, interesting household, to say the least. There was uh, different types of um, family dynamics that would have been, you could call abuse. And that led to the beginning of uh, mental health issues for me. And there's, men there's depression in our family. And uh, one thing that, becoming sober, that I realized that I wasn't broken. <laughs> I have depression, severe depression and anxiety. And, and it states in Alcoholics Anonymous, big books, big book, um, that if you have an outside issue, you seek outside help. And I was in a meeting one day and there were women sitting there and I was crying and rocking and crying and not sure what to do. And they kind of looked me in the eyes and said, your depression's really out of whack, isn't it? And I went, yes. And then I went into an intensive outpatient program after spending a night in a psych ward. And since then, I can say that my depression is, has been in check. Some days are worse than the others, because, you know, situational. But being in, being in Alcoholics Anonymous and being in active recovery allowed for that to change to happen, allowed that space for outside issue to be dealt with, because it also contributed to my drinking and not feeling worthy about being alive. Because a lot of my drinking was because I didn't want to be alive. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give. Who, who, what? what? There's nothing special about me. And that's what drinking did. It, it got rid of that noise, got rid of the voice. But unfortunately, the voice got louder and the drinking got more. And the voice got louder and the drinking got more. And... Um, so, you know, I moved over to here a long time ago, long time ago, I'm not going to say how long, because that makes me sound old, and um, it was very different, because now I also moved myself, I did a geological cure, geological cures don't work, it doesn't matter where you are, you will eventually show up with yourself, and that's always so much fun, because now I made myself different, I didn't want to fit in, I'm in a place where I'm not quite like everyone else. But I am, because really I am. It's just this wonderful thing called terminal uniqueness, which I thought I had. I had to be special somehow, some way. And always looking for that outside thing that can make that happen. And, you know, life happens. And um, I mean, I don't know, you know, I moved here and went, you know, I went to college and didn't finish. and got into some trouble, nothing major, just alcohol-related mainly, ended up with no friends, um, had hate mail for a while. I really wasn't a person you'd want to sit down and have a conversation with. I didn't know how to talk to people, uh, had no social skills, um, very erratic in my behavior, which is interesting in itself. Well, I'm <laughs> this is so bizarre. Um, so when I moved here, my drinking actually got worse because it's really all I had to hang on to. And I was still functioning. Um, functioning, what I have learned is a functioning alcoholic is really, really, really dysfunctional. But to me, it was I was able to keep a job and I was able to keep where I lived and I was able to keep my dogs. That was it. And that was my baseline of living, is 
work, make sure I have my house, make sure my animals are okay. Now, when all of this is going on, there's chaos going on in my life, left, right, and center, and these are the results of my choices. Because, you know, if you're going to go out, you generally don't find a suitable partner in one of the sleaziest bars around. But, you know, things happen. And, um, it, I mean, that's, that's what drinking's like. I mean, I, I can talk about it, but it's like you know in your heart that it's not the right thing to do. And that's what it was for me. I knew there was something not right. And this went on for a very, 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 very long time until, oh, like 2001. And that was really not my heaviest drinking, which is even funnier because that happened after um, I went through something in my life that was, that was quite bizarre and, and traumatic. And that's when I say that my alcoholic gene really kicked off. And that was it. I was drunk pretty much consistently for three years. Can't tell you a lot about that, except for I got into some really uh, horrible relationships. Um, almost lost my house, <laughs> almost lost my dogs. In fact, that's actually how I ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous. Is a long time ago, when I first came over here, I'd met some people who were in AA. And, you know, I didn't have a problem at that point, but I was really good friends with them. So I knew what AA was, but I didn't. And, like what so 17 years ago I'm sitting on my couch and my house is about to be repossessed my dogs would be taken and put down and I didn't know what to do so I got up and I poured everything in the toilet and I flushed it and I have come to remember because this wasn't something I remembered right away that I called the AA hotline which was in the yellow pages <laughs> And you can actually find it on the um, Central Connecticut Intergroup website, and it's available on the AA website and all, all the literature. And I called him up, and I had a conversation with someone. It was a woman, and I ended up at a meeting. And I went to the meeting, and it was horrible, and I didn't like it, and I felt out of place. I walked in, sat at the back, didn't say anything, left and went and got drunk. Next day, or maybe the next day, I don't even remember, I went to a meeting left, got drunk, went to him. And I, that happened for a while until one day I went to a meeting and I didn't drink. And it's like this, this, this distance. I, I don't know how to describe it really. It was like I lost my best friend, but it was the most toxic best friend you could ever had have. And I needed to do something to fill the void that was not destructive. And I am very destructive by nature. I'm also a person who always wants more. One is never enough, and a thousand is too many. And so I was kind of involved in the program. And after a little while, I, uh, I, did, I did relapse. And I was very proud of myself because, you know, I, I didn't relapse on alcohol, but that's a whole other story. But you know, that's neither here nor there, and I had a conversation with someone about that, and I ended up getting a new sobriety date, and that was May 1st, 2000, I can't remember, 2005. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, math is not my strong point. Um, you'll laugh when you find out what we do for a living. And um, I don't teach math. And so there was this huge 
weirdness that went on and a lot of people jumped right into the program and I really wasn't one of those people because, you know, I didn't want to, but I had to. I didn't make it, I don't make any changes and I didn't make any changes until the pain is great enough that I cannot continue going on with it. Like to the point where I would become willing to harm myself in a very drastic way. Um, that's hence the night at Yale. And get that far because I didn't want to change, but I knew I had to. And I was still really stubborn. And when that pain now and has been in the past got great enough, I took action to change. And there's this, you know, people say, oh, you can't teach an old, an old dog new tricks. People don't change. They're one way. They're always that way. Quite frankly, that is a load of poop. People can change. Anybody can change. And with Alcoholics Anonymous, there are this program that's laid out right in front of you to change how you are, to change and it, it changed me to a point where I am a woman of grace and dignity I, my, my um, depression is in check, I haven't wanted to hurt myself in a very long time I work full time, I have a lovely daughter my dogs are, well, different set of dogs but they're still good, live in a house and I get up every day and I'm not a ray of sunshine, but I'm happy I'm awake and I'm happy I'm alive. But it was going into a room full of strangers and for me it was going into a women's meeting. And women, for me, men with the men, women with the women, very seriously, because you can end up in some real dodgy situations, stick with the women, stick with the people who want something. I stuck with the people who had something that I want. And I don't mean like physically, I mean like how they carry themselves, how they present themselves to people, how they talk to each other. How can I become a nice, not a nice, I don't like the word nice, how can I become a kinder, better person? And I sat down with, with the sponsor, I've had, I've had a few, and we started doing the steps. And, I've, I've, and you just, and the first one is like, admitted I'm powerless. Well, that to me was pretty easily because, pretty easy, because there's no way I could control anything I was doing. You know, came to believe, well, I don't know, what's that mean? I don't know, I believed in alcohol. I believed that could, could get rid of everything for me. And then this, it was the whole willingness thing. And that's something I, I still struggle with today because, you know, I'm still me. I still want my, my will back and I still want to do things my way because I know best, but that is so not true. And I thought this willingness thing was like this big, you know, big show, but it's not. If I can have this armor in front of me, which is there most of, my, most of the time, and I can have a little tiny chink where pinprick of light can come in, then there's change happening. And that little tiny light lights up the darkness and that darkness within me can change. And then there's action. You have to do things to make it different because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're just gonna get the same result. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. It was really hard. And luckily enough, I have people in my life who will say, BS, that's not correct, that's not correct. You're not, they'll call me on the stuff that is going to damage me in my life. 
And that's because I have alcoholic thinking. I put down the drink, but my thinking needed to change. My actions needed to change. I wasn't going into, you can't, I couldn't go into an alcoholics meeting like I did into a bar. You can't go stand on a table in alcoholics, well you could, but it's usually not seen as decorum and I try to have decorum now. I mean, you know, been thrown out of bars, haven't been thrown out, thrown out of an AA meeting. The only desire, is, the, the only thing for membership is a desire to stop drinking. I've gone to meetings with people who are drunk because they wanted to stop. And it's amazing to see that happen, to see the, to see, I don't know, it's just, how do you describe the best gift that you've ever been giving without sounding like a complete nut job? I don't know. Um, I can tell you that I go to AA, I'm involved with service at some level right now with the intergroup, which is fantastic. Um, I have a sponsor, I work the steps to the best of my ability, and they talk about the promises in AA, and one for me was the fear of um, the economic thing. I was always very insecure about was, was everything going to always be okay, and a lot of these promises that go on have happened, and like I say, I'm comfortable in my skin. Not all the time, not most of the time, but I'm comfortable in my skin. And that's amazing. It's truly amazing. And it was working with the women in the program, listening to them, being willing to do what is needed. And I think I have said enough. And um, thank you very much. My name is Claire and I am an alcoholic. Thank you, Claire. Um, my name is Glennon. I'm an alcoholic. I'm glad. And um, thank you very much for sharing, Claire. You know, I, I've known you before, and now I know you a little bit better. And um, that's awesome. So um, with that, I'll pass it up to the floor. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Dave. Thank you for sharing, Claire. Yeah, I've known you for, for a few years now. I definitely noticed some change, and you are getting better. Thank God. Uh, yeah. and, uh, but what I like, I like what you said about change and, and also about, you know, we're not being a glum group, you know, because uh, it's, it's the truth. I mean, we have a very serious disease that can kill us at any time, but we have a, an awful lot of humor that goes along with it. I mean, you know, instead of all that, I guess you have to, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, you know, you're in big trouble, you know. But to me, you know, when you talked about change, it's, it's, it's so important to me because yeah, I've had I've had procedures where, you know, uh, you know, doctors said that you know I had a widow maker, you know, so um, it prolonged my life. You know, I had a doctor that treated me for diabetes and it prolonged my life. Um, AA saved my life, and, and to me, this is a huge difference because emotionally and mentally, I have a life now that I can actually live. You know, uh, before I got here, I had resolved myself to the fact that I was just going to drink and that's the way it was. You know, and now it's just opened up so many new avenues, uh, you know, spiritually, people, you know, I, you know, I, I can be the most uh, social person around and, and have, you know, the, you know uh, a, a lot of grace, but I, 
for the most part, never wanted to do that. You know, it was just easier because if I could keep people away from me, that was better than embracing people. You know, and this program has allowed me to embrace people you know, a lot more than I have. You know, there's still a lot of work to go. So, but thanks for sharing, Claire. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Hi, my name is Deanna, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Deanna. Hi, Deanna. Thank you so much for sharing tonight, Claire. Um, we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, those are the, the great things about Alcoholics Anonymous, right, is, is you, people come into your life, and they, and they stay there, and you get to create these wonderful relationships over years that change and grow because we continue to change and grow as people. And... Uh, you know, we've definitely been through a lot together. We've had, you know, some experience, some serious things early on that, you know, I, I think helped to create a bond later on in our sobriety that, that we've kind of had to, had to walk through. And, you know, it's always, it's always a pleasure, you know, to hear you speak and to hear you talk about the gifts that you've gotten from the program and I know how grateful that you are for the work that's going on and I think I always love how you also talk about what that spiritual awakening is right that connection that we get from that dark to the light that everything you know even if it was or it wasn't our worlds were so dark and we're so you know good we couldn't see any anything around us and then we have that spiritual awakening and, and you know the grass becomes greener and the birds sound better than they <laughs> than they used to all that kind of stuff and uh, you know I'm grateful that we've gotten to spend so many years experiencing those things together so thank you for sharing tonight thank you Dan. thanks Dan Peter alcoholic that be alive and sober uh, thank you Claire for sharing you know uh, I met you through service you know, that's a part of my recovery, and it's like, you know, it, it brought me to a whole other level. I met Glenn through service. You know, I think I met Deanna through service, you know. It's a phenomenal. And uh, you're talking about, why don't you share something about, um, you know, the, the three, happy, joyous, and free. You know, I don't achieve that often. And today, I'm okay today with Peter. You know, I follow a suggested path laid out in the big book. When I do that, you know, I can get through the day without picking up a drink. Um, but, you know, we talked about in the beginning, we had a little laughter in the beginning. It's like, that's what it is. It's laughter. The laughter that makes it worth it. You know, that's what I can, because we laugh at ourselves, you know, and true hearty laugh. You know, I'm nervous that I walked out of meeting with my face hurts, my belly hurts. It's like, but that's his recovery. It doesn't mean that we, we also still have to live life in life's terms, and it's not easy. You know, well, um, life happens, you know, and I say every morning I get up, you know, God gives me a gift every morning. It's for sobriety. And I have a choice what to do with it, you know. But the steps, I open that gift. I can be that, you said, a better person or a kinder person. You know, I learned that by watching what other people do in their lives today. You know, power was down, but you said, you know, you, you wanted what the women had in those meetings. And the same thing, my first one said, you know, watch people. Watch what they do. You know, when you see something, when somebody does something, you want that. Go and talk <clears> to them. <throat> that was being got out of my comfort zone, going to talk to somebody. You know, a woman at work today had a sort of anti, I'm antisocial, you know. You know, sometimes I can be that way. But it's like when I can break that barrier, I grow tremendously. You know, being uncomfortable myself. Thank you for your story. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Peter. I'm Paul, an alcoholic. I'm Paul. Thanks for, for sharing your story. In 17 years, I can't wait till I'm there. 
I can't. Um, my story is a little bit different than yours, I but I can always relate to being an alcoholic. You know, I can always relate to the mental health and the depressions and all the stuff that comes with it. I can relate to that. You know, um, I I too I I, I really like when you talk about the change and when you finally became comfortable with you. You know, and I, that took me a long time. I, I spent a lot of my life um, just a, what's, seeking, I'm trying to think of the word, not attention, but, you know, affirmation from everyone else, you know. And uh, I had to finally slow down and do the steps and get involved. And, but um, yeah, I I just I appreciated that. I did, you know, and and crap, I lost my train of thought. Too. <laughs> I don't do it so bad, I, you know. <laughs> All right, I'll pass that. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. All right, we're um, at the end of our <clears throat> meeting. And um, I'd like to thank Claire again for coming out and speaking for us this evening. Thank you. And uh, we'll end with the responsibility statement. And that is, I am responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help. I want the hand of AA to always be there. And for that, I am responsible. Thank you. Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. 